Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hey, friend. So glad you are here listening. Today, I have Sue Bolt joining us. She is a woman full of faith, writes beautiful devotions for you version and on her website. And she leads amazing online Bible studies for women all over. She has lots to share with us about setting time aside for God and the power of his word as we go through the challenges of life. Sue, thank you for being here. It's an honor. Oh, the pleasure is all mine and the honor is all mine. I just really thank you, Jamie. It's just a joy. I love that we are both uh, Californians. Uh, Now I'm in Austin, but you're still there. Manhattan Beach. What a beautiful place. Yeah, I am a Southern California girl through and through. However, my husband and I were in pastoral ministry in Northern California for 40 years. So it's good to be back home again. Yes. I know. It's almost like two different California, you know, like the North and the South. It could be split up into two, right? Very much. People would ask me, where are you from? And I'd say California, like it was in Wisconsin or something. And uh, (laughs) no, yeah. Love both areas. Love the San Francisco Bay and the Los Angeles area. Just really thrilled to be here. Yeah. So good. And we also love Bible studies. You know, I I call myself yeah. a Bible study junkie. And I know on Instagram, I saw you leading online Bible studies. And I just think that's awesome. Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't know where I'd be without God's word. You know, I think of that scripture out of Psalm 107. I think it's verse 20. He sent his word and healed them. And I was uh, such a desperate, hot mess, uh, young woman, mom, pastor's wife, uh, very insecure, uh, caught up in an eating disorder, couldn't control my thoughts, you know, and it really, the Lord in his gentleness and the power of his word in the Holy Spirit really did a work in my life. And it's ongoing, you know, it yeah. never stops this side of heaven, but so grateful. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. why I love it. I I love Bible study. Uh, I love it to the point that it, you know, that it's transformational and not words Mm -hmm. on the page, but that it, that it's that living breath of God ignites it and makes all the difference. Yeah. So awesome. I know. And I love seeing the women being transformed too. I'm sure that's how it is for you. And so I know as we go through some, tragic things in life. We cling on to the word of God even more so, I would think. And then I would love for you to take us through, you had shared with me earlier uh, before we recorded this podcast, that you are a cancer survivor, a stage four adrenal cancer. Mm -hmm. And I would love for you to just share with us the testimony, how God came through for you and got you to a complete 
healing of your body. Oh, it's my pleasure to do it. I mean, it's my absolute joy. Um, I'll try to make this very brief as I can, but I, I think to preface it because it's kind of what you've asked of me to share. And um, I want to underline all that I say that, you know, I've been a Christian since I was um, just a little girl, grew up in the church, but not really a Christian home, mm-hmm. uh, but gave my life to the Lord in my early teens and really sensed his call, met a wonderful young man. We married young, had babies young and uh, pioneered a church, planted a church in our late, uh, really mid twenties. And just as I shared before, I really found myself with all my insecurities rising. I always was in the word and I always spent time with Jesus. You know, that was ingrained in me, but it wasn't really until decades later where I heard that still small voice of the Lord say, I want to take you a little bit further. And that is to just come and sit at his feet, not to be a Martha, but to become a Mary. Mm. And, you know, that is the hardest thing for our day and age to take those alone times. But I encountered the Lord and the power of his word the minute I started making that a priority in my life. And that doesn't mean I'm hyper spiritual. I was still having struggles with my thoughts. I had been set free from the eating disorder and Depression had broke, but I I was still in a very desperate place as far as needing healing. I had been in counseling, everything, and I'm all for counseling and all therapy, any help you can get, but you know, only Jesus can really. Yeah. And um, and that's not to nullify because he uses all those avenues. And I, I refer right. people to counselors and therapists all the time. But is I started to learn to just carve out just a few minutes each day just to sit with him. Mm-hmm. That's so hard for us, aren't we? Most of us ladies, we're, or whoever's listening, men and women, we're doers, we're fixers, we're oh, goers. Know. <laughs> you know? Just sit am. still. Are you kidding me? You know? And I know. really just recently, out of God's word, I if you go back to one of the old ancient trans, translations of be still and know I am God. The word for still there in the original Hebrew is relax. Mm-hmm. Is the word relax? Oh my gosh, how many yeah. how often do we not do that? No. But to learn to relax in his presence. Yeah. And it was during one of these times I I had opened his word because I think that's it's it's because he speaks predominantly through his word. Or when we get those soft impressions in our heart, is this the spirit of the Lord? Is the Lord saying something to me? Um, it will always line up with his word. We always, we agree. Everybody agrees with that. Yeah. But he spoke to me out of Isaiah 41 that something was coming, but I was not to be afraid. Mm. And I wasn't, you know, it mm. wasn't a premonition. It wasn't a bad feeling. It wasn't a thing of dread because people say that I had a bad dream or I feel like this is going to happen. That's probably not the Lord. Right. Yeah. yeah. He always speaks gently. Anyway, he told me out of Isaiah 41, not to be afraid, starting at verse 10, that I was going to go through something, but he was going to bring me through. And my enemy would be as a non-existent thing. And two weeks later, I was diagnosed with this really a death sentence cancer, adrenal cancer. Uh, A mass was found in my abdomen the size of a soccer ball. I mean, that sounds crazy because I'm kind of a little woman in a sense. I have a little physique. But it, the way it was positioned and my organs had moved around, um, 
I was I was in the throes of dying, but the emergency surgery, probably like a half day surgery, they thought they got it all. They they brought me through, and but I still had a death sentence over my life. So that place of already having cultivated just a few years before, I'm going to sit and relax in His presence and cultivate it. What do I need? Peace? Do I need His joy? Do I need that sense of His power? That's what brought me through. And the cancer returned two more times. And the third time, they I was told by my oncologist, you're dying. It's your affairs in order. He referred me to palliative care. Uh, but I just, in my heart, knew God wasn't done. And the oncologist didn't want me to have a surgery, which had to happen the second time it returned. So I had the first time, the second time, the third time. And all this was seen in a CAT scan. You know, the mass had returned. It looked like it, infilt- it metastasized to my liver. And uh, the I, but I went directly to the surgeon. I really felt led by the Lord. And I actually worked for this healthcare company, huge organization. You'd reckon, I won't say its name, but it's huge in California and the Western states. And, uh, but the surgeon was willing to operate. I love seeing God in hindsight, like how he works, like having you make that choice to carve out that quiet time with him that you said for a few years before you got the news of your cancer. And little did you know that whole time it was to get to know him, to uh, grow yourself and have these experiences, encounters with him and cultivate, like you were saying, to get ready for something that it's almost like get your armor on girl because you're going to be going into battle. And little did you know that that was coming. And I just love how he prepares us, whether we know it or not, that, hey, you know, we're going to go through some life challenges, but there's a reason why we sometimes we go through these things, right? There's numerous different facets and angles, you know, having this, you know, be a testimony for other people and, you know, growing your character and you don't know who came to Christ because of your story in the hospital or, you know, what doctor was just an on wonder, right? That you don't even know. So, so cool. So yes, continue your story. I just, I'm Aww. like loving this so much. Well, thank you. And and I want to reiterate, it's not like I'm this hyper spiritual woman. I'm a, no. I'm a yeah. woman who bakes bread. At the time I was working full time for this. I worked, I was the assistant to the chief of a huge medical clinic. I really have a pastoral call in my life. My husband's a senior pastor and I was a pastor of the women and we had a good size staff. You know, I was in August doing a little speaking outside, doing retreats for other churches. It wasn't, our kids were grown by then, but I want to say time was not there. And so this was something I really felt called to carve away. I can't right. live without your presence, Lord. Yeah. And what that did for my Bible reading. So, th- yeah. so I want to make the differentiation, can I, real quick, that I think be- I come to the Lord daily. I think. You know, I'm in that place of even if it's just five minutes or it's two hours, you know, whatever it is, I come and we meet. But this was a time where I wasn't bringing my laundry list of prayers. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Right. Come, you know, and like, Lord, I need this. And will you strengthen me? Blah, blah, blah. You know, we ask, ask, ask. But it was kind it was a time where I come maybe once a week 
to say, Lord, fill my cup, you know, very selfishly. And I felt like his pleasure was on that. Like I've been waiting, girlfriend. I've been waiting for you, baby girl, to show up. Just let me pour in on you. And he did. And I think that one of the things that keeps us from doing that and kept me from years from really saying, fill me up, Lord. I want to sense your presence. I want your word to come alive. I need a fresh word from you right, right now. I think he delights in that. But one, we're afraid he won't show up. Or two, we're not worthy. We just don't have our act together enough. Yeah. And all he says is just come. I will yeah. do the rest. Yeah. It's and, so beautiful. Uh, that it's so beautiful. And, and that I think we make our walk with Jesus too hard when it's yeah. about us getting it right. We've missed I, him. Yeah. I, I had a similar experience with, you know, feelings or emotions getting in the way of having that quiet time with him. And I felt God say to me, I was pouring a cup of coffee and I'm going through my to-do list and I'm irritated and, you know, whatever emotion, I was cranky. I didn't want to have my quiet time. And I felt God say, but I want to spend time with you. And then when I shifted, it just shifted my heart right then and there. It wasn't about me being in a good mood to come to God. It was like, God wanting to be with me, even in my crankiness, you know, even yeah. in my irritability. So I love that he is a God that just, um, there's nothing to hide from him, you know, right now. So That's I don't know right. why we are like trying not to like come to him because he knows like, hey, I, yeah. I know you're not feeling all that great, but I want to spend time with you. That's right. I mean, just come. I mean, that's, uh, we're going to talk takeaways at the end of this, but just come, give it a try. You know, it's, I think single parents probably have it the hardest because they, you don't have that backup, but, Mm -hmm. but there is a place and time you can carve out, you know, get someone else to watch your kids, get someone, you know, get it when you're wake up a little bit earlier one day a week. Just say, just fill me. I am desperate. And he will. When I was in just, Grown, like making it so intentional. I had young kids and I was just finding my personal relationship with the Lord. And I started doing Bible studies in a woman's ministry. And of course, there's homework in some of these Bible studies. And I remember having to be intentional, wake up before they wake up, which is pretty early, right? When they're young and (laughs) toddler age, I mean, they're up pretty early. And the reason why I, I got to notice what my days were like if I didn't carve out that time and what the days were like when I did. And it was so worth it. To wake up that extra 30 minutes, maybe, or an hour. Like, you know, it was just whatever I could do for that morning. I got up just a little bit earlier, just, and I'm not saying it was every morning, but I could tell the difference between when I did and when I didn't. And it just made me such a better mom. so full of, you know, more patience, less angry, you know, less short tempered, but it was worth it. So um, I hear what you're saying about doing that, not coming with the laundry list of, hey, um, Lord, you know, I need this, I need that, which is great. But then there's the other time where you're just sitting and you're just 
waiting to hear from him and just let him fill you up with his word and whatever he wants to say to you. That's, I mean, that's exactly right. And what I have found is that when I come for that fill up time, really my prayer requests have already been heard and answered. He's yeah. already, he's already got it. So it's like Good. he's speaking to me. This is what I'm going to do. And I get my battle plan for the day or how I'm supposed to pray later. Um, it's been life changing for me and I'm late to it. I'm in my mid sixties. This happened right when I turned 50. Uh, the diagnosis came around age 52, 53. Um, and can I tell you though, going through something like cancer, or if you've got a kid going sideways on you or finances, or we just come through COVID such upheaval, there's war here, there, and everywhere. Uh, these sanctuary of being with him is where it's at because yeah. he will always reveal his word. That's the thing. I, I always come with my Bible and there's always a fresh word that he, like I said, may speak to my soul directly or directly out of his word. Or even when I'm walking the beach, just in that quiet. So, Because we're all in different places. Some of us have a hard time sitting still. Do what's best for you. You know, yeah. do when you're at your best, that's when you're going to be open to really hearing from him, to be honest. Yeah. But when I was going through cancer, um, the thing is that the very few times, and can I say, I literally felt no fear, but I distinctly remember about two or three times before getting to bed when, ex- when I could just feel like something, that anxiety. And I know what an anxiety attack's like coming. And I remember saying to Randy, you know, I've just got to be with the Lord for a few minutes and going and saying, I need you. I need you. And just, just sensing his presence, taking me back to promises from his word that he gave me. My husband to this day will say your greatest testimony is not that you were dramatically healed, but that the joy that you had, the peace that you had, that was beyond, it wasn't something you could have done. It was the work of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so just to finish that story, when it came the third time, even the day of surgery, as the surgeon was wheeling me in to uh, give me a few more months to live, we thought it might buy me a year if uh, they could at least have both us. But it, he was even saying, you're dying, Sue. You know, I've talked to everybody. We, I've talked to uh, all my oncologists in my department. I've talked about, open. well, I've got you open, just blasting you with radiation, every single one. I want to tell you, Sue says that this is the end, but I'll do the best I can to give you a little more time because he, I had a cat scan and a pet scan. The cancer was evident that it looked like it infiltrated the liver. Um, But about midway through the operation, he came out to my husband, Randy, and he said, you know, Randy, because I know people are praying for Sue around the world. Will you tell them to keep them up, keep it up because I've taken part of her long I've taken part of her liver, I've taken part of her diaphragm. I've gone up to a kidney, but not taken it. And I've taken another section of tissue. We can't find that cancer anywhere. Oh, he goes, I can't explain it. He goes, we're going to have to wait for pathology to fully document this. In about a week, it'll take them that long, but we're not finding it. And, uh, and you know, I know because it really, it was the Lord. It yeah. was the Lord. And I, you talked about, uh, I can't remember if it was on the podcast or our earlier conversation, but I got to lead a nurse to Jesus during oh, that time so awesome. and uh, prayed the prayer with me mm-hmm. and um, gave her a Bible, got her set up in a local church. 
you know, praise God. And I work for a healthcare company. So when I come back to work, (laughs) this whole clinic knows God has done a miracle. And now I've got people bringing people to me in my office to pray for them. I've had doctors come and have me pray for their patients. This was an incredible, I'm now retired, but it was a tremendous work of God that I couldn't do. You can't muster this. No. It had to be Jesus. Yes. But but that secret place, I like to call it my secret place time, you know, yeah. out of Matthew 6, 6, out of Psalm 91. It's in the secret place of the Most High. You just come as you are with all your junk. I was, I was going to use another word, but I'm going to keep it. Yeah. Cleaner. You come with all your PG. stuff. You come with yeah. your anger. You come with your frustration. You're mad at your husband. Your kids are driving you crazy. That's when you need it most. And I think that's yeah. when we just come because we feel like we're not ready to come to the. Oh, I want to be a little more cleaned up before I get with Jesus. He says, "No, yeah, no, baby doll. You just come." And I, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's that's where Christianity becomes reality and not just theory. And that's huge, I think. That that's the real thing. And that's what the world world wants to see is the reality of a risen Christ. Not just hear about him, but touch and feel him. And that's what happens in those secret place times. Yeah. Oh, so good. Wow, what a revival that you had there in the clinic. (laughs) No joke. I even had one of my bosses, not the chief, but the other one say, you know what, this whole I was on the second floor. She goes, this whole second floor, that atmosphere has completely changed. This is an unbeliever. She goes, it's directly due to that Bible study you lead in the conference room. She goes, I can tell you that. And I've prayed with her many times. And I I believe she's just this slow journey Mm -hmm. to Jesus, you know. Yeah. But we did see some really miraculous things there. So good. Well, I know those miracles, it's like more than we think, you know, it's, yeah. it's more than just the healing of our body. It's saving souls so that they can go to heaven and know who Jesus is here on earth. And I know I was doing an Elijah study with a bunch of women, uh, through Priscilla Schreier and, the prayer that Elijah had, it was broken down in three. And when he prayed for the fire to fall from heaven on Mount Carmel, it was to glorify God and it was to affirm his relationship with God. And the third was to turn God to turn their hearts back to the Lord. And these miracles, like right there, it was just like, I'm, I'm seeing like what you just did. It was like, you know, what you're doing right now, it was glorifying God. You know, you were, you were glorifying him, having those quiet times with him, having, yeah, those faith prayers and, you know, believing in your healing and rather than believing the diagnosis and still having, Others come around you to pray and not stop praying for your healing. And that in return is affirming your relationship. You're you're showing others like this is my relation. This is my God who I serve that I know can work miracles. And by this prayer that I'm praying, I'm affirming our relationship with him that he is who he says he is and I am his. And the third is all those people that have turned their hearts to God through your miracle, through your testimony. 
And I mean, that is just right there, just that beautiful gift that God has when, you know, we go through these ugly things in life, you know, cancer ugly, right? And it's like that outcome of a miracle. Those are the three things that Elijah even prayed about back then. Like this is the miracle right here. This is the prayer right here, right? So good. So good. I think I feel prompted by the Lord to uh, that somebody listening might say, well, if I have that quiet time, maybe he'll tell me something terrible is going to happen. No, that's that's from the enemy. Don't even receive that. I think I was in a unique position and I immediately had a a very wise man um, that really has a close walk with the Lord say to me, you know what? I believe the Lord is saying he's going to use this in your ministry. There was a specific reason why I was going through and. And it really did expand my ministry, like I was sharing. And um, all so really, fear is never from the Lord. So please right. don't let that stop you. But can I say, you get addicted to the joy of the Lord. You, get it, you want more of the peace. And in such a time as this, that place of just fill me is where, where he comes and he meets us. And sometimes, honestly, I'm going to be real, real here. We have to prime the pump. We've been out of the, we've been so busy either doing the Christian thing or not doing it at all that we've gotten, we we don't know how to sense his presence. So if someone were to come and say, okay, Lord, I'm giving you five minutes this morning, fill me up, keep coming. He will. Sometimes it's it's not that he's not pouring out. It's just that we've grown uh, dull in our sensory, in in our spirit Mm -hmm. that oh, this is what it feels like. And I'm talking, and I, I know we, we're we really taught as Christians, you know, it's not experience, it's not feelings. We base our lives on those things. We can really get devastated. But the word without the sense of his peace or joy is, is just words on a page. And like I said, the real reality of peace is something you want to experience. We've gotten out of the habit of that at times. So when you come, don't not stop coming because literally the Holy Spirit's right there. He will start to quicken that. You will start to say, oh my gosh, I, I feel a little scent bubble of joy that I have not had for a long time. Or, wow, I'm really sensing peace about this situation. I wasn't even thinking about it, but God's working there. So, yeah. you know, that's where it gets so exciting. And that's what I believe Paul talked about, a walking in the Spirit. And can I can I say this one thing? You ignited something when you talked yeah. about Elijah and fire falling. Yeah. There's a beautiful, thank you. Psalm 5.3 reads in the New King James, My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning, I will direct it to you and I will look up. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. I got chills just even saying that. You know? So beautiful. Here I am. Yeah. I'm just, just what you said. I'm going to take that morning time, whether it's five minutes or 50 minutes. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to start even start small girls if we need to, you know, men and women start small and then let them build it up. But I will direct my prayer. If you go back to the original wording here, and actually the message pulls it out just so distinctly, the wording there implies a sacrifice that's being laid down mm-hmm. in front, like an Old Testament sacrifice. And in the message, it reads something along. um, In fact, I have it here in my Bible. It says, every morning, you'll hear me at it again. Every morning, I lay out the pieces of my life on your altar and watch for fire to descend. 
Mm. And I tell you, isn't that something? I love it. Isn't that the best? That's read it in the message and whatever version, NIV or New King James or ESV. Um, That's what it means. And when you talked about Elijah, you know, that's all I'm in today. Lord, here's the pieces of my life. Here's my kids, my marriage, my ministry, my mortgage, my whatever. Mm-hmm. It's I uh, wait for fire to fall. Isn't that yeah. good? So good. I love it. I know. You know, I had a short testimony about that verse, be still and know that I'm God. And this is when we're moving from California to Austin. And that was a faith move. It was this is a pretty big testimony. It could be long here, but I'll just condense this this one little part here because it was so impactful to me. Uh, we were going through the Rockies and, you know, the tunnels there in Colorado um, are carved into the mountains. And I look over and I'm pretty much trembling. Like I'm, I'm scared. I've got littles in my car and my, my husband's in his car in front of me. So we're not driving together. And I'm just like, Lord, I hope we're doing what we're called to do, God. And I look over to my right and there's just this rushing river, just white caps. It just looks so chaotic and so turbulent. And I remember going, that's how I feel inside, Lord. I feel just turbulence and like my heart, I'm just shaking. I'm so fearful. I'm so scared. I go in the tunnel. When I exit out of the tunnel, I look over to the right to see that river and it is still, it is just to the point where you could see the reflection of the trees off the surface of the river. And right then he goes, be still and know that I'm God. And I just instantly got filled up with his peace and him saying, I'm in control. You have nothing to worry about. And what'd you say? Still was relaxed. That's exactly yeah, relaxed. <laughs> that's exactly what I got. And and the peace that just obviously surpasses all understanding. I mean, it just filled me up. And to have that image of no longer is that river white caps, and it was just now a you know, as smooth as glass. And to the point I'm seeing just reflection, like a mirror, I'm going, Lord, thank you. Like that was, I mean, amazing how he just met me right there on the road. And I immediately just, my spirit calmed down, my soul calmed down. But I had to share that tidbit because it was such a major encounter that it's too good not to share because you oh, never so know good. when God's going to show up and just tell you, you are okay. And, you know, give you a promise of his word so that it will calm your nerves. That's right. I can't tell you how many times this is going to sound a little crass after your um, beautiful story, which I could picture and visualize so much, but I can't tell you how many times God's met me in the bathroom or a bathroom stall oh, yeah. somewhere. <laughs> You know, and I say shower. that because I, <laughs> yeah. the shower, because it, it doesn't matter where you are. It just matters that you come. That's, That's right. all he's asking. Yeah. Open the door. I will dine with you. You know, that's mm-hmm. a simple invitation. And I think your story, I think that just speaks into so many levels in all our lives of 
turbulence that we might be experiencing. Yeah. That was powerful and that was beautiful. Thank yeah. you. Oh, wow. What an incredible story you have on just his miraculous healing. And I mean, I want to know, so were you just, when you got the news, were you just jumping up and down in the hospital room? Like, <laughs> take, give us a little peek behind oh that hospital gosh. curtain. What were you doing? Did you just immediately um, cry? You know, oh, I was crying. My husband was crying. Um, and this, you know, I have to understand, this is major surgery. I mean, literally cut in half under yeah. my, you know, breast line, to be honest. I mean, I have uh-huh. this mega scarf open three times because it's a huge surgery, several, yeah. you know, hour surgery. Um, I, I was just so beyond elated and joyous and filled. And, and prior to that, I'm going to throw this out there two weeks before the actual surgery. So they think I'm dying anyway. So they did not skip. This wasn't an emergency surgery. It was just, okay, well, we'll do the best we can. So they, it wasn't like we see the scans because I'm constantly having scans over this period of time. Um, So I I can't even tell you how many CT scans I've had, probably 40, 50, literally. So I glow in the dark now and all that. (laughs) Um, But then they, the surgeon ordered the second scan and against the advice of the oncologist. But finally, when surgery was coming up, I was asked to speak at a women's event up in Sacramento. And my husband was with me and we were driving home and together we had one of those. In fact, it hits me just now an encounter like you had on the, in the Rockies where we both sensed Lord's profound presence in the car with us. And that Mm. I was going to be all right. And I really want to say, I think it's one of the few times I experienced that Holy spirit gift out of first Corinthians 12 of faith where you have a faith that's, that's beyond yourself. You just know, I just knew we both did. I'm going to be okay. And at this time they thought that, that cancer may have really metastasized through my body. They were really concentrated on the liver, but we, they just didn't know what to expect. But I knew, and you know, that carried me, even as the surgeon was wheeling in and just really trying to gently tell me you are dying, but we'll do the best we can, that it just didn't even rock my world. I mean, that's, that's a faith beyond a, yeah. our typical faith. And when I found out that they could not find it, yeah, it was just wow. unbelievable, unbelievable. In fact, one of our daughters, um, they were they didn't come for the surgery. My two girls and her son were poised to come after to take care of me because it is a quite a, it was like a twelve week recuperation, mm-hmm. and I can't eat for a week. I mean, it's a major deal. So this is the third right. rodeo, and um, so he, one of my daughters said, "Dad was crying so hard. I thought you passed. I thought you had gone to be with the Lord." But when I heard, you know, it was yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. And even now, I mean, I Joy just want to have just weep. Yeah. And and as I said, you know, I have doctors now. I'm in a new area. I have new doctors, which was hard, which were hard to leave my old my old team. Right. Um, in fact, um, but the new ones here at UCLA say this is a miracle. I mean, they literally every time I see her, she pours over because I still have continuous scans. Mm-hmm. She pours and just like. I just can't believe it. Nobody mm. survives this cancer. Wow. No one. And not and not what you had. 
and to really be physically fit at my age, I might climb the hills, I push ups, you know, nothing (laughs) stopped me. I'm going to, I'm going to go till I don't go. Yes. There you go. Oh, praise God in his healing power. Isn't he good? He's but so your story good. in the Rockies fills my heart because I think a lot of people listening to this are in turbulence in one way or another. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, they needed to hear that, Jamie. That's right. You know, just cling on to the promises. And, you know, we've had our handful of dark times and hardship. And that was, I had to just cling on to the promise, whether I've, felt it or not. You know, I just said, well, Lord, you say it's true in your word. So I'm just going to cling on to it. And he always shows up and whatever emotion feeling we're having that's getting in the way, you just still, like you were saying, come to him. And I love how we both have that Rockies thing uh, in common in the Rockies. Yeah. What's going on with the Rockies? I love it. I love it. I <laughs> so love it. cool. And I, I think I th- and I think you that triggers something me too that what was been imperative during that time of cancer and previous things is and and recent things is what you said about the word. And I want, want to take that a step even further that I believe that we can ask the Lord for a particular scripture for the season we're going in. Yeah. And the Bible would call that a rhema word. That's that Greek word that Paul uses for the sword of the spirit in the Mm -hmm. armor of God. And it's also the word Lord Jesus uses when he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema of God. That word, that word from his word speaking directly into a current situation. And I I really encourage uh, people that I pray with. Ask the Lord for your own special word, you know, uh, that you just what you said that you can stand on, you can cling to, you can hold up to him and you can hide in your heart. That makes a huge difference, doesn't it? It sure does. It really does. Okay. I know you're speaking life, but do you have a takeaway here as we end that you can speak life over our listener here today? Ah, oh, thank you. And thank you again for this. What a joy to be with you. Just oh, you're an amazing great. woman. And I just bless all you're doing. Um, you know, it comes to my heart in this moment are two things. And the one thing is for a takeaway. So two takeaways. One is, as you finish listening to this, and Jamie closes this out, think about your coming few days. Let's think of the next three or four days. When could you schedule a date with Jesus? Think think what you need to do. Does somebody need to take the kids, walk the dog, pay the bills for you so that you could take maybe 15 minutes at least. Start, start small. If you think, oh, it's got to be two hours, you'll never do it. If it's five minutes, it's five minutes. Just start with what you've got. But schedule something now. Literally don't, as soon as you turn off the podcast, when could I do this? If you have time and immediately, then do it. Just come. But if it's got to be two to three days from now, then let it be there. But make that first step. I'm going to come, Jesus, even if I don't even know if you're going to really be there, but I'm going to to try it. And then the second take would be is how I ended uh, what we just spoke about. If you're going through something right now, ask the Lord for a word from his word that you can cling to. And how do you, how do I know it's from the Lord? It, you know, it'll resonate deep within. It'll, it'll warm your heart. It's real simple. 
we don't know until we try, right? Right. Is this one? Well, it's speaking to me and it's jumping Mm -hmm. out at the page at me. Well, that's probably him talking to you. It's that simple. We make it so hard and so overly spiritual. It's just that simple. He knows us. He knows what you'll hear. And um, so those two things, I really encourage um, your listeners to take away with them now. So good, Sue. Thank you so much for coming on here and speaking life to us. Appreciate you so much. And back at you, I feel the same way. I I feel like the Lord's brought us together for a sweet relationship to come. I don't want to presume upon you, but I feel it in my heart. Me too. I've got a lot to learn from you, girlfriends. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jamie Elizabeth She Speaks Life. That's J-A-Y-M-E Elizabeth She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.